0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Astronomy News for Space Chunk Podcast. I'm Tony Darnell. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the Dark Energy Survey and a group of astronomers that have looked at a large swath of the sky and returned images that help us understand better the nature of dark energy in the universe. And they came back with catalogs of hundreds of millions of galaxies. Okay, so now one of the things I used to do back in my other lifetime, this seems like a billion years ago, I actually worked with the Dark Energy Survey. This was a collaboration of astronomers that spanned the entire globe from institutes all over the world. And the goal was to build a camera that would mount on the four-meter Blanco telescope in Chile at the Cerro Tololo Observatory there, and try and understand the nature of dark energy. That's this mysterious force that astronomers say must be there because we notice the expansion of the universe is actually accelerating. And if we have an accelerating universe, there must be a force that goes with that acceleration, and they're calling that dark energy, for lack of a better term, and there are probably many better terms we could be using for it, but nonetheless, they call it dark energy. Well, astronomers are trying to understand this stuff, and they know that it must be there in some form, or if it's not, then... There must be something about gravity at the large scales of the universe that we don't understand. So there's basically two camps of astronomers, one who think that it must be dark energy that's accelerating the universe, and the other that thinks maybe there's just something about gravity that we don't understand. This is called Modified Newtonian Dynamics Camp, the gravity guys. Now, I'll talk about that more in a later podcast, but let's focus right now on dark energy. How would we be able to characterize this stuff well it's based on something called the lambda cdm model and the lambda cdm model is just a really fancy name for lambda which represents dark energy and they say that the model says that the universe must be 68 and percent of that whatever it is we don't have to know what it is to know that it's there. And then CDM stands for cold dark matter, which is of which they say is 26.6% of the universe. And then the remaining like four and a half five 5% of the universe is everything that we can see atoms and, and everything that makes up you and me and planets and, and, and plants and animals and, and stars and, and human beings, all of that stuff consists of only five percent of the stuff in the universe, which is incredible if you just think about that. So that's the Lambda CDM model. And they were and they were trying. And so they were trying to find they were taking observations to see if this model could be right. That's one of the things astronomers do best is they make these models and then they go out and they look at the universe to see if the observations fit these models. So to do that, they built the dark energy camera. And this was built at Fermilab in, in near Chicago. They operate a particle accelerator, but they also built this camera it has 570 megapixels in it so it has got an enormous field of view the the width of the field of view uh, would span four full moons so eight degrees of field can be covered at one time by this camera and so night after night it captured hundreds of 90 second exposures Each one, like I said, four full moons, right? And over the years, this operated for 525 nights. So, you know, a little less than two years. And they looked at 5,000 square degrees of the sky, and this was basically constrained by where they could see from where they were located in South America. This is again at Chile, at Cerro Tololo. So they, they, they picked an area of the sky that was ideal, turned out to be 5,000 square degrees, and they purposely overlapped it with a previous sky survey called the Sloan Digital Sky Survey. So there's some overlap there so that they could compare their results. So when they were all done, after capturing hundreds of 90-second exposures, over 5,000 square degrees, they were able, and they did this not just once, but 10 times, they were able to see galaxies as low as 23.3 magnitude. And they looked at some fields uh, in a little bit even more detail. So so from that data, they captured 226 million galaxies, some of them up to 7 billion light years away, covering about the 5,000 square degrees covered about one eighth of the entire sky. So, what did they do with this? Well, they they took all this data, put it into catalogs, and they made something called a photometric redshift out of each galaxy. And so if you take pictures of galaxies in different colors, like from from in different filters that are very specific to this kind of work, there, there's some in the red, there's some in the yellow, there's some green, there's some there's some blue. You just simply measure the brightness of a galaxy in each of these filters. And for example, if a galaxy is brighter in red than it is in the blue filter, you can assume that the galaxy is going away from us or has a redshift, okay? And it's it's a little bit more complicated than that, but a photometric redshift is something that they can get a general rough idea of how far away a galaxy is and how far away it's going. It's not ideal, it's not as good as, as spectrographic redshifts, but. This was one of the things they were able to do using all of this data and all of all of these galaxies. And they put all of that together and they made a huge map uh, of the distances and, and the locations of the stuff that they could see. And they were also able to look at minute disturbances in the images themselves due to gravitational lensing, some very weak gravitational lensing. And they were able to put all of this together into their Lambda CDM model and see if this was consistent with what they thought they knew about the universe, according to that model. And what they found was that it is consistent with it. The only discrepancy they found was that it, it's just not as clumpy. What the, the galaxies weren't as clumped up as much as they should have been, according to the model. And no one really knows why that's the case. But they are on the right track, and it was an, it's an amazing effort in a lot of different ways. I don't have to tell you imagers out there that looking and cataloging all of these galaxies, registering all of these images, 570 megapixel cameras <laughs> operating at 90-second exposures night after night after night is a lot of data. And you're looking at terabytes taken per night, and by the time you're done, You've got hundreds of terabytes of processed data by the time it's all done. And all of those galaxies were automatically extracted from the data that nobody looked at every single one of these cuz 220 some odd million galaxies is a, is a lot uh, they use software called source extractor that was written by a french astronomer named um, Emmanuel Berton he runs astromatic.net if you're ever interested in getting some of this software and seeing how to run it yourself it's 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 freely available and this is what professional astronomers use and and emmanuel had written Code specific to, to DES. I worked with him briefly uh, on some of that code, and but most of what is happening with the Dark Energy Survey, the automatic extraction of the sources, the galaxies and, and the stars, and. The even It even de-blends galaxies. If some galaxies are superimposed on, on other galaxies, it's even able to separate those in the field of view and put them into two different distinct galaxies. And, of course, it also does photometric redshift measurements, too, when you tell it what filters that these images were taken in. And uh, it's pretty, it's really quite a remarkable software. So I would advise you, I would I would recommend just as a curiosity thing, uh, go to astromatic.net and check out what he's done. So, it, and you can get an idea of what professional astronomers are using uh, to do this kind of work. So it's looking like dark energy is a real thing. Yeah, the models are consistent with our observations. They're going to, there's going to be another uh, mission coming along down the pike. It's slated for launch in 2022. It's the, something called the Euclid space mission, And it's done by the, it's done by the European space agency that will carry out an even larger and deeper survey, but it will do it in basically the same way, but it'll do it all from space. Dark energy survey was pretty much constrained to where it could see in the sky. And Euclid will be able to tell us, look at galaxies as far away as 10 billion light years instead of up to seven, as was done by dark energy survey. So really cool stuff. The other side of the coin Modified Newtonian gravity. That'll be a topic of another episode that I'll tell you about. Gravitational waves are going to be the thing I think that really helps us understand gravity at super large scales. Time will tell. So we need more observations as we always do. All right, well, that is it for this week, Space Fans. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, keep looking up.